Well, the Pekin Panthers are brought to you by Hinshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, as well as Richardson's Tech Solution, Farmers Co-op, Vision Ag, the Packwood Locker, soon-to-be Griner Meats and Groceries, as well as Iowa Tire, Fairfield, Iowa. We have Coach Weber on as we have some breaking news as Coach Weber has been named Round Guy uh, Radio Area Coach of the Year for Class A. Welcome to the program, Coach. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, you guys had a lot of uh, success, and there was a breakthrough year, but it didn't start this year. Um, maybe it even started in that first year. Uh, um, I don't know exactly what the state of the, the program is, but it seemed like you didn't have a, a good numbers. Uh uh, and you hadn't had uh, the the program hadn't seen some success. So what was it like to kind of build this this team, you know, to where you go six and and two, and then go into the playoffs uh, uh, from, you know, kind of the, maybe the lower points where where it started out. But there's talk to me about the progression of this team. Yeah, uh, third year just finished up for football, and uh, you know our first year. Everything was new, coaches, culture, scheme, um, just getting used to the everyday life of being here. And, uh, you know, those those kids did a lot of good things. Uh, we had some stiff competition that first year. And then with all those learning curves, uh, you know, it was just a tough year. And, you know, I think that team was better than 0-8, but that's where we ended up. And, uh, you know, we had to move forward going into year two. And year two we had – more of a veteran group you know a lot of juniors that played their first year with me they were seniors last year and uh we had 12 of them that you know played a lot and they're able to come up with three wins and you know hindsight a couple plays from probably being four and four and finding the playoffs last year and then you know this year was our third year uh, i think it really turned the corner not just because we had six wins but because uh, the kids that uh, the majority of all the kids now had had me for three years and uh, you know just a lot of things finally kind of aligned and uh, fortunately we were really young this year uh, I might not be fortunate in the past tense of knowing that experience may have hurt us in some moments but you know looking forward past season three and the year four uh, we were really young really this year and uh the fact that, you know, we were six and two, I'm not saying just because we're going to return most of our kids that will exceed that, but that's definitely the goal. And I do think experience is huge. And I multiple times last year or this past season, I questioned myself, how much can I expect out of freshman and sophomore starting on the varsity football field? So uh, we're excited to get into the off season here and, uh, hopefully build a little more program excitement that gets a few more kids out and get our numbers up a little bit so our JV can uh, have a little more success and then, you know, just keep putting um, building blocks to a bigger mission in front of us and hopefully the program continues to grow. Well, uh, uh, we did have a little bit of a challenging uh, year as far as being able to play JV games. Um, uh do you think that's a little bit of a setback or um, uh, for, you know, what you're trying to do there? You know, they just don't get the reps. It seems like that JV, those those plays in JV are, are kind of uh, where the, a lot of this player development happens, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this 
this year's varsity squad, you know, they went, they went, uh, I think five and two last year on JV and they got a lot of experience. They got a, a good taste of success and I think that was huge to coming in this year to playing confidently on the varsity setting. Uh, so yes, I mean, it is a definite setback or, or a disadvantage, but that we have a lot of freshmen this year that played very limited amounts of time and probably a lot of their most quality reps come from practice. Uh, but, but we, we did try to feed as many kids and, you know, varsity minutes as we could. And, and we did have a handful of kids that uh, contributed to uh, early, early minutes in varsity games this year. So, you know, between that and, you know, having our three to four JV games, um, it, we did the best we could, and I, I do think um, just the varsity team succeeding, there was a benefit. To, uh, you know, kids that didn't play as much or didn't get to play varsity at all, they got to see what winning looked like. They got to be around a winning program, and uh, you know, hopefully they're able to bridge that gap uh, that they missed a little bit this year. And uh, you know what? We'll still have some freshmen that'll be sophomores next year, but that'll have to step up and contribute. And, uh, you know, we do have a bigger eighth grade class that will be coming in as freshmen. So hopefully they can kind of uh, plug the gaps of what's needed to, to get the JV program going. Well, uh, you the, the other side of that coin is you had a lot of young kids. Um, you didn't have big numbers and you had a lot of young kids. So uh, a lot of those kids that would have been scratching for time to play on the JV were actually playing on the varsity. Yes, yes, and you know we started we started one freshman on uh, varsity started both ways most games, and you know there were kids in our sophomore class this year that um, started varsity, but there were a lot of weeks where when we were still trying to get those JV games in that uh, us coaches had serious conversations about those kids potentially playing JV as well because um, they were kind of the those middle pieces that helped the varsity but also it hurt the JV by taking them up but um, you know uh, ultimately it's not necessarily always a fair assessment but the varsity levels what you have to prioritize first uh, to make sure that uh, you have a football team and then you know you do everything in your power beyond that to make it work for the junior varsity well you mentioned the word culture um and, and I hear other coaches talking about culture. Um, you know, that's kind of um, something we didn't talk about, you know, back in the 1800s when I played. Uh, but but you, you talked to me, one, one of the first things you said you were going to do when you come in here was you're going to get the strength up. And you, you got this new uh, uh, gym that I've been in a couple times, that the weight room, and, and you got uh, pads and mats and stuff down there. Uh, um, talk to me about the culture and the strength conditioning and how that has turned things around. Yeah, you know, I I think uh, someone else made the comment, you know, how healthy we were this year. Um, you know, a lot, some of that luck. You know, I just, I know I know other teams that lost four and five guys this year, and they you know they worked out as hard as we did. But some of it's luck, but some of it's uh, you know it's not by accident. The the amount of strength work and mobility work that the kids put in year round, it definitely didn't hurt us but, uh, of trying to stay away from some injury and, uh, you know, powering through some injury this year. So, uh, you know, 
culture, it, it is developed year-round. It's how kids walk down the hallway. It's how they show up to class. It's if they're ready to work each day. And, you know, it's reflective of what their neighbor or their peers do beside them. And we're big on working with urgency uh, here now. That's kind of my, one of my big pushes is uh, don't stand around and wait someone else to do the job no matter what it is. Be, be someone that jumps right up off the chair and, uh, you know, leads by doing it. And, and if you can outwork people in life, I think – things are going to go in your direction a lot easier uh, than if you wait for someone else to do the job. And then, you know, we talk about uh, getting 1% better every day. I got a bell curve graph kind of posted outside my office that, you know, shows what happens when you multiply 0.01 times 0.01 and then you take it to an infinite amount that, you know, it, it gets to a really, uh, really high level really fast. If you just keep putting a little, little, chunks of success in front of each other you know big things happen and that's kind of what our culture is about is uh, not looking at the end but trying to um, live in the moment and enjoy the process of getting better each day and then uh, usually good things follow so yeah you know I think a rich culture will take care of most things and it's usually more advantageous than uh, you know having a perfect X and O scheme or for having, you know, one or two more talented kids. If you have 11 kids that work together and they expect the same out of each other, good things are going to happen. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the playoffs that you game. I haven't had a chance to talk to you. After the playoff game, uh, you played a really great team. Uh, it was a really hard, hard-fought hard game. Uh, uh, but how much is just playing a playoff game, uh, um, how is that going to help you guys moving forward? Well, it'll, you know, someone was talking to me the other day, actually, and, uh, you know, they, they want to know how we came out and how we played. And, you know, I thought we played hard. I thought the moment was, uh, it was pretty big. But I think the reason for that is, uh, you know, you wipe out, you wipe out the COVID year, which they about, they let about anybody in the playoffs that year was, uh, this year's seniors uh, would have been freshmen during the playoffs. And, and again, I think that's nothing against um, Beacon's playoff appearance that year. It's anybody is, it just, it felt like the right thing to do in society was to let everybody compete in the playoffs. And, um, you know, I don't think it's held that meaning of being a playoff team. So this year, uh, you know, two, two, three weeks ago when we played in the playoffs, I could tell that our team uh, really felt the, uh, you know, the, the degree of seriousness and, and some butterflies going into a playoff game because they knew it was a big deal. And, you know, we preach every week was like a playoff game. You needed to take care of business and win. But obviously the window game, our kids knew that it really was win or go home. And, you know, I, I don't think it, it, it was it was definitely wasn't the reason we came up short. But, you know, there's some takeaways in that game that uh, kids learned in. And, you know, they, they really found out what it's like to have a playoff atmosphere. And, and moving forward, I think it'll help them to, uh, you know, know what to expect and know how to perform in a game that's that big, that, that has that much meaning. And, uh, again, that's not to say that we didn't, uh, but it was definitely unfamiliar territory for, I think, basically every one of the kids out there that night that um, moving forward, looking up to next year, if we make the playoffs, 
every kid on the field will will for sure only have been in one playoff game and you know experience is uh everything when it comes to handling big moments well uh let's talk a little bit about the start to the year now um you really turned things around at home last year winning three out of four home games but you had you didn't crack a, a win although you had some real good uh, uh games on the road you hadn't had a, a road win so um you got a road win uh actually got a road win two road wins i think the first two weeks of the season didn't you yeah yeah we went three and one at home and three and one on the road so yeah so uh um just you know you're building stepping stones what did that feel like to win win uh, uh some games on the road for the first time yeah that you know that sounds silly that you have to ask me that but it really is really is an incredible feeling or question and answer is uh, we went the first two years without winning and on the road and we bought new uniform they had new uniforms the year i got here and we hadn't won in the, our white jerseys until this year and as it, uh, it, it become kind of a uh a little bit of a mental hurdle, as silly as it sounds, that, you know, we weren't able to win on the road the first few years, that uh, going on the road two weeks in a row, um, I thought we all handled it, coaching staff and players, really well, uh, because it was on our mind from after year two that, man, we can't get a win on the road. And we, we, we hit stride week one, um, obviously had some turnovers early, but either way, once, once you start winning – with a new group um and uh, this group didn't look back no matter what happened from mistakes um it was a good feeling and then once you know once we get that first win we knew we knew we were fine and you know it proved to be um consistent as we won our second game and then obviously came home and won a third game and you know our first game on the road we knew it was gonna be a tough test we dropped it but we also knew uh you know, coming back with homecoming, we had a great shot to win and did, and then we were able to get another road win uh, week seven and then round the year out with an eighth, eighth win. Yeah, so um, the wins start to pile up and the confidence starts to pile up. How important is that to instill confidence into a student athlete? Yeah, I, again, you know, you hear you hear coaching forms, coaching pages, coaching clinics. You know, culture, culture is everything. It it, it is important. Uh, teaching kids life skills is important. Um, you know, all the skills that come within football are important. But uh, this may or may not be a popular opinion with some. But winning is important too. And, you know, I've always said why, or not me. I've I've always heard from others, but I say it now. Is, if winning didn't matter, why do they keep the score? And uh, you do have to win with a rich culture because eventually, if you if you have a rich culture and you do all the things right, but you still lose, uh, you know, there's going to be other problems. You know, you do have to win uh, for kids to get that feeling um, and and the ability to be confident, but so that they can rebound each week and go win again. Um, so yeah, winning does matter. And, uh, you know, we were able to get two or three early ones. Uh, you know, last year we started the year two and one, and there was a good good amount of excitement, you know. But uh, we were only 
were able to come up with uh, one more win in the last five games last year. And, uh, you know, we knew our, our toughest stretch or our schedule was going to be week four and week five this year, and it proved to be week four we got taken out back. And then uh, week five, uh, you know, probably the proudest loss I've ever been a coach to uh, losing a game was the Lisbon game when, you know, we, we felt essentially we won the game in about uh, 80% of the time that we played. It was just a couple big plays we gave up that ultimately lost on the scoreboard. So I think our kids were super confident knowing they could play with a, a top five team. Um, and that just prepared us for, you know, the last the last few games that we had to go out and take care of business. Well, uh Talk to me about, um, you know, I, I remember coming seeing you like the first week of practice as I was bouncing around uh, uh, trying to get some um, idea of what was going on. And I noticed right away you were looking good. You know, there was a, a lot of pep to your step. There was a a, a lot of what I, um, kids look like they're in really good shape. Um, the kids, uh, I noticed Will Adams right away that he had a lot of ability. Uh, but you had to make some adjustments during this you know, from that first couple of weeks, you had to kind of put a special teams together. You you made some changes at a quarterback, and and uh, um, talk to me about that. That process seemed kind of evolving, you know, early in the season, and then you really started to find these players that clicked or excelled in in these areas. You know, so talk yeah, to me a little bit know, about that that situation. Yeah. So you know, we we opened our preseason up with some camps. And because you know, really, we sent we sent four kids to peak and well, sorry, one was junior high, but we sent three three varsity guys to you know an off season camp for quarterbacks up in Williamsburg, and we wanted we wanted to give everybody uh, we we didn't know what we we're gonna do honestly on offense, and we knew what we had, but we also knew we didn't know what we have, and you know we tried to develop kids that. Uh, that could showcase their talents um, without a lot of depth. We still had just enough depth at skill position that we had a lot of different ideas. And, you know, we weren't into making early decisions on who was playing where. And I can recall the day you were there, you're talking about was uh, Will Adam running, playing at our Z receiver. And, you know, he caught a couple deep balls right in front of you, I remember. And, you know, walking out of there, you just thought he was going to be a receiver. We knew he had the ability to. Uh, we also knew we had guys that could throw the ball to him. But uh, in other facts, you know, we were still working some of those guys that were throwing the ball at receiver and still working Will at quarterback. And um, we just went in with a really open mind going into week zero against Wilton of who really was going to be where. And we kind of let some of the the performances of that Wilt scrimmage decide, uh, you know, a little more what might happen week one. And, uh, you know, like you said, we made some adjustments. We, we found out Robert Brown was uh, a guy who could do a lot of different things. And that kind of, that kind of made us less concrete on exactly where he was going to go. But uh, we decided, you know, we can run the ball with some receivers and then obviously get the ball to him in the air. And, you know, he had, uh, double-digit touchdowns this year, I think. So, uh, you know, just 
kind of going into each week and making sure kids know that uh, no position set in stone while you want to create some consistency. Uh, you still got to create that uneasy feeling that there's competition in practice, which isn't always easy when you only have 24, 25 kids out. Uh, you know, and then each week I always try to try to get on the whiteboard a little bit, decide how, how can we attack a defense that, uh, you know, might have a weakness somewhere um, with something new that we can't, we don't have on offense. So, um, yeah, adjusting, you know, and the big thing is I think some of our early games gave us a chance to, to struggle in some ways, but also to succeed in some ways. And it's always good when you can uh, be self-reflective of your own team and uh, decide, you know, this is what we've seen, this is what we're missing, and try to build on that and, uh, you know, build to your strengths and, and put up points. And we did a better job of that this year. Well, uh, who are some of these seniors that have been with you for three years, or maybe some of them joined when they were juniors or something? But uh, who are who are some of these guys that are are, are moving on uh, the bigger and brighter things? But um, maybe you're going to miss them or talk about a little bit about what they what their role was in in the team. Yeah, it starts with uh, it starts with Spin Dahlstrom. Um, <laughs> can't say enough about that. He. Uh, He's a guy who, uh, you know, I had as a sophomore, and we didn't. I didn't get him as a junior, but you know, the day he called me about coming back out as a senior, just you know, it it really hit home because first off, he's such a great kid, and I could care less about his football talents. First, um, it's only a benefit when he did go out. He's such a great guy, and you know, he rushed for eight hundred and thirty-seven yards, I think, and. Just shy of 200. He had 13 touchdowns this year, but I think he almost had 50 tackles, uh, 30 solo, I know. And then he had three or four picks this year. Probably should have had five. And uh, he's a kid that just, uh, I mean, I, I don't like putting jersey numbers on kids, but he had number one when I got here. And, uh, he, he definitely played with a number one mindset because he's a kid that, you know, you you almost question if he was ready to go each game, and never had to question it by mid first quarter because he gave it all he had on both sides of the ball, and he hardly ever left the field. You know, and then we got Jackson Kirkbride and Declan Hampton. Those kids are like um, skill kids that you know they really they really gave me all they had. One of them played more on defense, and the other played more on offense. One of them made up for defense a little bit, while the other one ready to be with us yet but uh you know one of, jackson had a, a deep kick return 85 yard kick return in the playoff game I, i'll never forget that that's one of my highest moments here uh, i hugged him when he came off that was pretty awesome you know and then another cool moment was declan getting a, a touchdown catch um at the Louisa game at home his dad came clear from oklahoma to watch him play so you know we were trying to get the seniors all sorts of touches that night he was able to execute kind of a, something we drew in the dirt which was awesome and you know super happy about that you know and then isaac gentry kind of a late kicker that joined us his point after touchdown conversion rate helped our teams so so much um after a, you know a struggle the start of the year and then finally tanner adrian kid on the d-line that just had a motor for us uh that you know i think he had 37 and a half tackles somewhere in there and three sacks and some tackles for loss this year. It's just stuff all, you know, all that stuff's great. But at the end of the day, they're great people. 
and you know I'll remember them a lot more for what you know who they are than I will their stat lines and you know our banquet's a week from Wednesday and I'm really excited to uh, give them some awards it'll be a tough one you know it's always tough for me you know hugging kids goodbye because they've you know they've given the program all they got and uh, never easy to part ways and I think any coach that's really in it for the right reason would agree. Well, uh, uh, hold on. Well, uh, there was a player, you know, that kind of caught my eye. Caught a, uh, was a real popular player uh, uh, with the media and with listeners to Round Guy Radio. And as a kid, I called downtown Robert Brown. Now, I don't know uh, how long Robert's been playing football, uh, but when did you realize uh, what you had with this kid? And how were you able to find so many ways to um, – so he could be so successful this season. I don't know where to start. <laughs> he, he, uh, man, it, it was fun, but you know, and, and first it starts with, like I said, someone else. He's such a, a great kid. I think the first thing I've got to say is that he's so, he's so coachable. Uh, he never questions what you tell him. And I definitely don't know what I'm talking about all the time, but the fact that he trusted in, uh, what the coaches gave him, we knew that there, there was always uh, there was no no questions like that he was going to try to do exactly what he's coached to do, and I think that's one of his biggest benefits. Uh, but you know, it's in terms of identifying him, like he didn't go out his freshman year, my first year here. So his sophomore year, you know, we knew he's going to be a JV guy. We had more seniors last year, anyways, but. Uh, you know, the big thing is putting him in a position that he was at least, you know, kind of equal physical man of a lot of the opponents he was going to be versus just throwing him out onto a varsity field, never having played football. And, you know, he, I think he had 11 touchdowns as a sophomore on JV, but it wasn't necessarily the number of touchdowns that caught all our eye. It was just how he was scoring, um, kick returns for touchdowns, um, you know, counter plays of him running breaking six or eight tackles in a for for 70 yards it was just it was hard to tackle and he you know i also have him in my strength and speed class and you know he was second third place on our pro agility run and our 40 yard dash he was right up there finishing first and you know actually one of the struggles he had is he was not able to catch the football very well um as as a sophomore when I when he started playing catch and I told him I go if you after his sophomore year I go if you can if you can put together the part of catching a football I go you're the the sky's the limit for you and he showed up to every workout in June and he he was uh, respectfully greedy like man I want to catch the ball I want to catch the ball so you know we started putting the ball out to him and on air and then we get to Simpson camp and he. He had a pretty good camp, and then, you know, he's just – he's humble. He's got a great attitude, and he's a very unique kid, you know, and he ends up he ends up with, uh, you know, 136 yards rushing with three touchdowns and then 444 yards receiving this year with eight touchdowns. So, uh, you know, and his kick return average is almost around 30, which is pretty high. Uh, you know, he's just – and he started on defense, and – He's a kid. I think the weight room paid off for him over the last year because he had a uh, 
he had a hit in the Loiza game where they threw out to the slot receiver and he just come up and I told him that was the best play I'd seen all year out of him, just coming up and sticking a guy for a tackle. I remember that play. Yeah, it was a loud one and it was a, it was a clean one. So just super proud of him. And I guess the best part is, is he's only a junior this year. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit before I let you go. Um, what's the off season process like? You know, uh, uh, and who you, you you know who are some of the kids that we might be looking at next year? You know what what's the future what's the future like for uh, the Peak and Panthers? Well, uh, we'll watch some postseason football with the team in the UD Dome next week. Got a lot of kids going to that, and uh, you know that's to me that's uh, you know as much as you'd love to be coaching, it's a treat to go watch and take it in and get the kids excited about it. They're already talking about next year. And that was my ultimate goal when I got here is I don't feel like it was normal for everybody to be talking about football year round. And now we have that, um, you know, we had kids meeting as a team that wanted to meet bad weeks after we were watch film. And that's cool. Um, you know, essentially I'm not saying there won't be more freshmen that start. Um, a lot of our team will be the same guys back. You know, there's some linemen in the freshman class that, Hopefully we'll have to step up uh, as we turn the corner into January. You know, I call that clinic season. We'll have some one-on-one meetings with kids in December here where I kind of go over their strengths and their weaknesses. We set some goals about off-season activities. I'm always encouraging wrestling, basketball, and then obviously track, and then the summer sports. But we'll meet with those kids in December and talk about that stuff. You know, and then uh, – March, April, well, January, February, we try to meet as a staff, especially uh, two or three of us that um, maybe coordinator-oriented guys. Um, we talk, we, we meet pretty frequently to, to learn together and go over some new ideas and talk about depth charts. We did that yesterday with a couple coaches about what's returning. And then that March, April, we'll hit some clinics and try to pick up some new things we need. And then... You know, June 1 or, or the first uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday in June or June 1 will be that first day that we can get those off-season workouts going. And that'll consist of, uh, uh, you know, X and O work, a little bit of install with, uh, you know, weightlifting and speed training. And then uh, and the biggest thing I didn't mention is the job that they let me do here is full-time speed and strength. So my first priority is to make every – uh, female and male student athlete or anybody that isn't a student athlete that's just a student in my class better. Um, but the big benefit is, is being a football coach. Uh, I see my, see my football athletes every day and you know, that that's a huge benefit to getting them to commit year round and understand uh, how important daily progress is to the big goal. Well, we've been talking to coach Clint Weber, who uh, in his third year, as the head coach of the uh, Pekin Panthers, uh, wanted to be a head coach, was assistant coach for quite a while, got his opportunity to be a head coach, and he's living the dream, and his dream has come true as he's the Round Guy Radio uh, Head Coach of the Year for Class A for his tremendous performance as the Pekin Panthers head coach. Coach, is there anything else you want to say? I mean, we, you, you and me are. We could talk all day. Yeah. Well, I just appreciate it. I, I think I told Jared uh, earlier this year, it's, just, it's nice when we've got a guy that, uh, you know, wants to give our kids coverage in the southeast Iowa portion. 
you know, away from the metros, we may not get um, all the all the big time coverage. But I really appreciate all the all the uh, coverage that you guys give us, and uh, you guys are second to none. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, um, you're you're uh, uh, welcome. Uh, congratulations on the award that I just made up, kind of pulled out of my back pocket there. Uh, but uh, uh, you just did a great job this season, and there was a lot of great coaches, uh, particularly in your uh, uh, level. There's a lot of them really had some great seasons and pulled off some miracles. And and I I, I think that uh, um, some of those eight teams made a pretty big step forward this year in that uh, in the district that you're in. And I think all of them are headed upward. So you're just going to have to keep grinding it up to keep staying on top like you are. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me.